is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit it in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike right, three call, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Sunset Valley, Thunderdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. It is a game day morning here. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. Spring game day 2023. Big day. I'm Cole Stukenholz. We got Matt McMaster. We got Kenny Larrabee getting the Facebook Live going over at KLIN Huskers. And we are off and running. We've got a lot of spring game, pre-game coverage right here for you. The game, of course, will be heard right here on KLIN starting at 1 o'clock. Spring game, too, not spring right. thud, That's not right. spring two-hand touch, not not <laughs> spring, hey, everybody, let's get really cold together and go to the bars afterwards. No, this is a this is a spring game yeah. that's going to be played at 1 o'clock. I'm excited. I think a lot of people are excited. Um, I think, you know, Coach Roar had a press conference on Thursday afternoon, yeah. I believe, and what he said kind of just, just goes and tells you, uh, what this is going to be, and he said it's a work day. It's a work day. They're working on things. They're practicing today. This isn't a hey, let's put on a show for the sixty thousand or, or whoever, however many there are going to be. This is a no, no, no. We're working today. We're practicing today. And the reason why they have to is because they got thirteen, at least thirteen guys that are on scholarship that are no longer going to be on this football team. They have some tough decisions to make when it comes to the creation of this roster. And so every day and every practice and every scrimmage that they have is so vital for them to decide what guys are going to work, what guys are not going to work, and figure out how they're going to break this roster down. Because it's going to be a difficult... 13 guys, it's a lot of guys. It's a lot of guys. So, so some of that I think will take care of itself, but then you're going to have some cuts. I, yeah, itself. but I don't think 13 will no, enter the transfer portal. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I, I think that this is a 13 guys under the transfer portal when there's a coaching change. 13 guys under the transfer portal when there's a problem in the athletic department. I, that's not the case. No, I mean, everybody well, knows that there was there was already a coaching change, but they would have left already if that was that big of a deal. And we already saw people leave because of that. You know, these guys who are still here, who are still practicing, have tried to buy in yeah. to to rule in a system. So, I, you know, it, it's going to be difficult, and I think fans benefit. They benefit from, from the roster, you know, diminishment, if you want to call it, because they need these days to figure out what they're going to do. And uh, it, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be good. It's going to be something that uh, Nebraska fans haven't seen before. going to really put a jolt of electricity, I think, into the excitement going into the fall. Yeah, I agree. Um, we have uh, a lot of that game preview, uh, some of the, the, the spring thoughts that we have just from all the sound that we've heard, all of the observations that Matt's had a chance to make from spring practice, uh, media availability throughout the weeks uh, as well. So we're going to have all of that to break down a little bit later on. Uh, before we do that, I think one of the biggest things to talk about 
is the the welcoming back of a, a, a an old friend, and of course I mean farmer Her, farmer Herbie Husker. Uh, get get that corn cob back in his pocket. Give me the give me the blue jean coveralls. Let's get let's get rid of the uh, the brown hair and get those blonde locks back. That's what I mean. Old Herbie. I, 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 I didn't think that's what you, where you were going with that. It's a that, family but... reunion. Old Herbie's back. Yeah, him, I, him and you know the, the former fullback, former coach, college football Hall of Famer, you know, that, that sort of thing. One of the most winningest coaches <laughs> of all time. Yeah, and, by, per- by percentage and, and total wins. And total. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, close to, I mean, 171 wins. That's a lot of, a lot of college football wins for Frank Solich. Well, 58 at Nebraska. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Frank Solich is is of course who I was talking about. Yeah, welcome back, Herbie, too. But come on, this is really about Frank. Uh, look, he's back, and he had a chance to speak to the media in front of or behind, I guess, the Nebraska podium with the Huskers mic flag. Yeah, kind of jarring. Uh, before we get going with what he said, uh, took took me back to when I was a young lad, back in my sophomore year of college was 2003, my first year in the College of Journalism and Mass Communications as a broadcasting student. Oh, and yeah, I guess that, that was, was your around your time. It was Frank Solich's last season. Yeah. What, what, what year were you born, Matt? Two. This is, my, this is my favorite ongoing bit of the show, by the way. <laughs> Two, 2002. Okay, so 2003, I am, I am a, a, you know, wannabe... Want to be Sean Callahan, basically. Sean Callahan was still in college, but still, he was the guy. He was the guy on sports staff that everybody was looking up to. Sure, sure, senior, sure, 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 sure. Stringer for ESPN Radio, etc. I wanted to be, you know, doing doing it up all there the on the same level. I feel you. That's how it is now in the college journalism. Not on Callahan, but like you always want right. to. Co- you, you, it's always competition with these guys. Here is my Frank Solich story. I had an assignment for whatever week it was that year to put a story together and I'll, I'll take you back to 2003. You may, you may or may not recognize some of these references. So it involves cassette tapes. All right. What are those? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a cassette tape recorder, a portable cassette tape recorder about the size of a cereal box. And the BCS. Are you familiar with the BCS? Yes. I know the BCS. (laughs) Uh, so I decided I was going to do a story on the BCS. Sure. And Nebraska just made the BCS National Championship game two years prior. And I don't remember exactly where Nebraska would have been in these rankings, if the rankings had even come out at that point yet. It was mid, maybe midseason uh, when, when they first started to come out, similar to the, the college football playoff committee rankings. Anyway, I decided to try to get some one-on-one with Frank Solich to talk to him about the BCS with my portable cassette tape recorder the size of a cereal box so i follow him out from his little you know media availability at the podium and i'm walking with him and i don't know probably keith mann or chris anderson sports information and just follow him into the elevator as he goes down and didn't get a chance to actually like ask him any questions before we got to the elevator and so i get in there and i'm just like hey hey coach uh can i can i ask you a couple questions about the bcs and Frank Solich, as you would imagine, uh, very gracious with his time and thoughtful with his answers. Couldn't tell you what I asked him. I probably formed the questions very poorly. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure he gave me a, a very thoughtful answer because that's that's who Frank Solich is. 
Uh, and, and that's, I guess, the point is some random sophomore in college, not yet 21 years old, uh, just trying to, you know, trying to do a school assignment. And, you know, I, I don't think you would have gotten that graciousness from Bill Callahan or Bo Pelini, uh, probably not even Scott Frost or Mike Riley probably would have. Mike Riley's probably the only coach since sure. that would have. But for for Solich to do that for, you know, just just some random kid in the J school, I thought was pretty cool, and I always appreciated that about him. And that was on display in full yesterday when he was able to speak with the media and kind of run down his feelings, Matt, about what it was like to be back, what it's been like for the last 20 years, having not been back for a long time. And and his thoughts and feelings about just kind of all of it with this whole reunion weekend situation. Yeah, he, I mean, here's here's one thing that I took away from it. I was at the press conference, and, and this was the big thing for me. Why now from Frank Solich? Well, uh, I just felt comfortable uh, with it um, right now. You know, Coach Rule, I know uh, when he got to town, he got a hold of Coach Osborne. Um, he texted me some. We texted back and forth. We talked on the phone maybe once, maybe maybe twice, um, and that that wasn't happening before. And and so it, it I just felt uh, just felt uh, welcomed in in that manner, and um, you know knew that uh, it would be good to get back um, and be a part of what Nebraska's all about. And uh, again, and so I I looked forward to it and. I'm glad I'm here. You know, what's really interesting for me from that perspective is that it's not like Frank didn't know if people wanted him back because Trev, and he, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit, but Trev said very early on into his tenure, he wanted Frank to come back yes. to Nebraska. And then we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I actually was able to grab, shout out Amy Just, Amy Just after the press conference went up to Trev Alberts and like talked to him and I was just like our I talked to the great Nebraska athletic communications staff. I was like, is Trev free reign? And they were like, yeah. So I was able to actually talk to him one on one for a little bit. And I got a, I got I was able to ask him two questions and he told me very early on into his tenure as the A D he called Frank. But it's this line right here. Um he texted me some, we texted back and forth, we talked on the phone maybe once, maybe maybe twice. Um and that that wasn't happening before. I mean, that's it. Yeah, it, it was. Trev co- made it a priority. Trev made it a priority, but Rule was kind of, and Rule said that he didn't want to take any credit, and and Trev was very very adamant that there were other people on the team as well who put in a lot of effort to get Frank back. Everybody in this process is so Midwestern about this, by the way. <laughs> yeah. like, no, no, no. I don't want I, the credit. I don't want the credit. You, no, no. This but, is all Frank. But, Fra- no, but, this is. But the fact hilarious. that Solich was like. <laughs> Rule called me, and it just is, it just kind of shows you that that's part of the reason he came back. It's like okay, yeah. the head I he I think that he might have been looked at as a bit of a threatening. He might have thought he looked a little bit threatening as like a also college coach who's yeah. coaching with Ohio coming into his old program or whatever. I, I it just seems like there was a little bit of a stigma in Frank's mind as to why he couldn't come back, and Rule kind of blew that out of the water and was like, hey. You're you're a part of the Nebraska family. I'm now the head coach and whatever. So, and, and I think that's just incredibly interesting as to that was a wrinkle into why now. Part part of it was, you know, a lot of if not all of this time in between has been 
He's been a head coach at Ohio. At Ohio. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's been the majority of it. Absolutely. Part, and, but part of it is, I mean, there, I'm sure, is still a little bit of scar tissue. A little bit of... Absolutely. A little bit of, of you know, some stuff can, can probably, you know, trigger some some pretty rough memories for Frank as, as, as he was kind of unceremoniously let go in 2003. And, and that, I'm sure, has also played a part, like... You know, regardless of whether he'd been at Ohio or not, maybe he still wouldn't have come uh, until he, you know, had enough time to heal those wounds, had enough uh, feeling of, all right, it's been long enough. Uh, I, I, I don't need to stay away anymore. There are there are a lot of factors that played into it. I think his Ohio tenure was was one of them, but there that was not all of it. Clearly not all of it. And, and, and part of it was I think he just had to come to peace with, you know, Hey, I I did what I did. I'm proud of what I did, and I I think that it's time for me to go see a lot of my Husker family, uh, a lot of the fans who who really appreciated who I was and what I did, and and just kind of embrace each other again. And and this week with, with Herbie Husker, and this week with Frank Solich, and I, and you know, it's weird to bring those two in the same sentence again. But I think what this week has been shown is the embodiment of Trev Alberts on tradition. Herbie is now—it's a remake, right? It's the new Herbie, but it's really the old Herbie. They're going back to what it used used to look like. And with Frank, as you're bringing back one of the most winningest coaches in Nebraska history. You're go. Everyone's re- remembering the time of of when Nebraska was successful because Nebraska was incredibly successful when Frank Solich was the head coach. And I asked, I was able, like I said, I was able to talk to Trev and I asked him what tradition means to him and why it's so important for him to bring these things back into the fold. Well, I think we have to be true to who we are. Um, we're Nebraska, and that's okay. Let's be the best Nebraska we can be. Let's not try to be somebody we're not. Let's be authentic, genuine, and um, I know what Nebraskans care about. They care about discipline. They care about integrity. They care about hard work, and they care about teamwork. And you know what? Those are all core values that if we do those things, the wins will happen. Let's stop worrying about the outcomes and work upon the process. So we got a coach very focused on process details. This is what Frank was about. So, you know, we're we're at our best when we're a family. And um, Frank's part of our family. And it really feels good when the family can come back and have a reunion. Oh, let's let's I want this Beautiful. line. I want this line typed out like a live, laugh, love. But I, <laughs> I want it typed up and I want it postered or plastered everywhere in the KLIN studio. This line right here. Um, we're Nebraska and that's OK. We're Nebraska. Hey, and that's totally fine. Get get the state marketing folks on the phone. Absolutely. Make a t-shirt. It's not for everyone. Nope. Get it out of here. Um, we're Nebraska. We're Nebraska. And that's okay. That's okay. Yes. It's like the, uh, you ever see Wreck-It Ralph? Yes. With, uh, I'm, uh, I am bad and that is good. I will never be good and that's, that's not a, bad. There's yeah. no one I'd rather be than me. Yes. That's, that is, that is the, the, um, we're Nebraska and that's okay. It's okay, guys. It's okay. Beautiful. And, and it's, and look, he's absolutely right. There are traditions and there are values that worked and that Trev were a part of, and it's been very important for him to bring that back because, frankly, it's been missing. Yeah, It's been missing from the program, and he's bringing that back, and it's just these little things that he's been doing to do that, and a family reunion 
with a guy that probably shouldn't have, you know, the family reunion with the cousin who was told off at the wrong time is really what this is. And I think it's really good for the state. I think it's great for the fans. But more importantly, I think it's good for this program. Yeah, and and a couple more things that they're doing um, with this weekend specifically. One was already done, that reunion you mentioned. There was literally a reunion. There was a party with, with Tom Osborne, Eric Crouch, Jay Foreman, a lot of former players, uh, former teammate of Frank's, Barry Alvarez, played with Frank Solich here at Nebraska in the mid-60s, uh, was the Wisconsin coach and athletic director for years as well. Um, they were all there. That that looked like a good time. And Lance Lepold was there. Lance Lepold, there, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he was the uh, he was uh, with Frank's recruiting staff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he would have been a coach with him, yeah. And, and also on the field, uh, watching the game on TV or in the stands, you will notice... All of the yard lines, as as usual. Are they going to keep that? But you'll also see the forty-five yard line. Yeah, on on both sides, Mark. I don't know if they're going to keep that for the for the uh, regular season. Would you or not. be mad if they did? Oh no, not at all. I love it. Keep it all year. Why not? Yeah, well, keep it at forever. I want something, honor your coaches. I want something else done with the number forty-five today, and I'll yeah. get to that. Okay. Right after this, we're gonna we're gonna break down the offense. The defense, we're going to give you some some things to think about and some things to watch for in the spring game later today, whether you're going to be there in person or watching along on TV or listening to KLIN on the radio, uh, some things to keep in mind. Uh, we also have a little bit of an update for baseball, an incomplete game from Tuesday that they would have won and a game yesterday that they lost. So we're going to run that down as well. That's uh, all coming up here on the KLIN Husker. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling along here on your spring game Saturday. That's Matt McMaster. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Kenny Larrabee is here as well. He's got us on the Facebook Live. Get live video of us at KLIN Huskers. Uh, over there on the Facebook page, uh, let's let's dig in a little bit to what we're expecting to see today, Matt. We're we're gonna see a real football game for one. The the quarterbacks are gonna be live, gonna be able to tackle quarterbacks for the first time in a long time. I don't I don't know that it was. Like, they're going three. to get they're going to get hit, but Rule kind of pointed out that like they're I mean, he we're, we're on the same team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he was like uh, there was a corner blitz with Quinn Newsom just had a absolute like Broadway down. I think it was either Sims or Harburg, and he let up a little bit and he went up to Quinn and he was like, "Thank you, <laughs> like <laughs> I appreciate you not doing that." Yeah. So yeah. yeah so but, so we're we're gonna see some relatively. We're gonna real see football. football. Yeah. We're gonna see football. It's like I I would say that. Spring games that I've been to, the two that I've been to have been like, it's even nice to say they were like 55% football. Yeah. The closest thing to it was that they just had the same pads on. But it was just, you know, this is going to be 95%. 90 to 95%. They're not going to run. I don't I don't know if the strategy will be the same necessarily, but it's going to be pretty, it's going to be close, the, the closest 
football and spring football games we've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. So, so let's start with quarterback. Um, we don't need to bury the lead. Obviously, Jeff Sims is is going to be somebody that a lot of people are going to be paying attention to today. Um, and obviously, there's no Casey Thompson. Uh, there's no Logan Smothers either. So Jeff Sims is going to be, I think, the main attraction. Heinrich Harburg. I mean, folks have seen him in the spring game, not in this offense, but they've seen him in the spring game. Um, famously with a walk-off touchdown pass to uh, Wyatt Lever as well. I announced that game. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that finish. I, I think I had Wyatt Lever as one of my picks to click, so I was uh, I was pretty <laughs> fired up about that uh, that finish. Anyway, so I, I really am interested in seeing Jeff Sims. More so, I want to see... I want to see his arm more than his legs. I think it's pretty well established that he is going to be more of a runner than than Casey Thompson would be, has been. That's part of his game that's going to be an advantage in that battle in the fall. I want to see what Jeff Sims can do with his accuracy. Give me some give me some slants, give me some outs, uh give me some just little little just play catch, you know? Like I I I need to see it. I want to see him be able to do that. Because if you have a guy at quarterback who just can't accurately deliver the football on third down, I that will neutralize his advantage in the run game and give Casey Thompson a real chance to maintain his starting position that he had all of last season. I, I, I really believe that. I, I think that could be his Achilles heel is if he is not as accurate a passer as as they would like him to be and as I'm sure he would like himself to be. I am curious when it comes to Jeff Sims, the play calling. Yeah. Because, and I'm not in no way, shape, or form comparing the two players, but you see with a guy like Lamar Jackson, before he starts throwing down the field, they make him a threat on the feet. Mm -hmm. So they can open up Mark Andrews down the seam. So they can throw Rashad Bateman across the middle of the field. So they can, uh, you know, maybe flutter out... um, Oh, what's the J.K. Dobbins out into the flat and, and give him some passes out there, and they they make Lamar a threat on the ground because that's what he does best. But it opens up passing passing lanes that make it easier for him to pass. Lamar Jackson doesn't have to be the most accurate passer on the field because when his wide his, when he's throwing his wide receivers are open a lot, especially Mark Andrews, because teams are so conscious of what he can offer on the feet, right? I think when you see Jeff Sims throw, there is inconsistency and there are points of inaccuracy. And I'm and look, it's been a full offseason. He could have definitely I mean, we've seen Josh Allen go from one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the NFL to one of the most accurate quarterbacks or, you know, up there and above averageness of accuracy among quarterbacks in the NFL in just one offseason. So I'm not saying that Jeff Sims is still an inconsistent and slightly inaccurate thrower, but I'm curious to the play calling and to see how they set up his throws and how they do things with him. Because if you don't call the best game that you can for quarterbacks like that, you're going to force them into situations where, all right, we're down 14, Jeff. We can't really run it anymore. Mm -hmm. And we haven't been calling that great of a game and putting you in the best situations. Now we're going to have to put you in even more uncomfortable situations, throwing this ball three times every single down because we got to get on the field. And you're not going to see that really simulated today because it's a spring game, but I'm just those are thoughts for the regular season. So I'm curious as to how they call his plays and how they make him a threat on the ground before they start making him throw passes. Yeah. So I think that's because he's a heck of a, a heck of an athlete. 
I mean, the dude's a stallion. The dude is big, and he is long, and he is fast. And I'm curious as to what plays they're calling for him, and in what order, and in what succession, and how they're doing that. The the other guy that I think you're going to see a lot of at quarterback today is a Nebraska kid, Heinrich Harburg. Uh, this staff has really taken to him. He has been, I think, the unquestioned star of the social media videos. Harburg is in, like, every single one of them. And whether or not that means... He's, he's the gonna, star of the spring. Yeah, whether or not that means he's going to end up playing meaningful snaps in-game action or not, uh, obviously remains to be seen. But I think they like his skill set. This, this is... This staff goes out and looks for guys with with traits, right? You you want to got you want to get a wide receiver or a DB. He's got to have uh, this track time. You want him to have uh, this vertical, or you want him to have this three cones, whatever it is. You want to see the this arm length on a on a, a rush end. If you are looking for a quarterback for this offense, you want a guy with height and a cannon for an arm and track speed. That's Heinrich Harburg. So the the fact that he really has a shot to factor in with this staff, like, again, I said, it, he may not ever actually play a meaningful down, but he is who they are looking for in terms of the, the prototype with this trait and this trait and this trait. So I'm interested to see whether he is just a spring fling or maybe you, you can see him make an impact down the road as well. Here's Here's something I don't think, people have really been talking about when it comes to Heinrich Harburg. And it's, you know, you look at Heinrich and you think of him as a now product. They're using him a lot now. They're talking about a lot about him now. Will we see him play in the regular season? What you have to realize is that Heinrich Harburg is a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And Casey Thompson, this will be his last year of playing football. Yeah, And with Jeff Sims, who's a junior... Very well, if he has a breakout year this year, there's a legitimate possibility that Jeff Sims get drafted. Mm-hmm. Seriously, with Good. with the type of athlete that he is and the high praise that he's gotten from NFL caliber coaches like Matt Rule and, and others, too, that they've talked to and said that, hey, you got to go out. I mean, people were telling Rule that they had to go out and get Jeff Sims. So there's a possibility that QB1 and QB2, because that's what Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson are. We don't know the order yet, but yeah. QB1 and QB2, they could be gone. And if you don't get the big prospect, Dylan Riola, there's a possibility that next year you're going to go into the season and you're only going to have Heinrich Harbour, Chubber Purdy, Logan Smothers, and Richard Torres. So you have to prepare one of these guys and you have to look towards not this season, but next season as well. And I think that they look at Heinrich Harburg and the athlete that he is with the physical uh, you know, traits that he has as a guy of the future, as someone who, if Sims isn't back next year, that can be QB1. And if, you know, regardless of who they get when it comes to recruiting. So I think that's what I think a lot of talk now has been made of Harburg because when I asked Mickey Joseph last year, when they were going through the, the quarterback, Casey was out, right? I asked, I asked, hey, Mickey, Matt Masker. Heimler Carberg, are are any of those guys? Is, are those a possibility? He laughed. He chuckled. He goes, yeah. No, they're not ready. Yeah, and it was like people thought that Harburg's career was over at that point. That he was all right. He's going to go to the transporter now. Mm-hmm. See you later. Now he's emerged as a guy that no one could stop talking about. Yeah. So I think that's part of the craze. But it won't be this season. 
No, Hart, it's not going to be this Hart, season. Hart, and, and I think people have to look at that. It's not going to be this season. Right, right. But they're preparing him to be the guy eventually. Yeah. And I think that's a legitimate storyline to be talked about. Because who look, all this recruiting over the, the, the big guy, over the big prospect, if he doesn't come, where do you go from there? Yeah. If Dylan Raiola doesn't commit to Nebraska, where do you go from there? They don't really have an option right now. They don't. Yeah. Um, so one thing that you're not going to see a lot of today is a lot of like offensive linemen just really getting in there and no. banging against the D be, line. They're actually going to be wearing gray jerseys. They're because, playing all day. They're going to be exhausted. Yeah. That's, You'll see some pole plays early, but yeah, other than that, that's some that's some thin uh, position group right there, right? In terms of who guys who can play uh, today. So one of the guys that I will want to see whether he's this is I maybe have a couple of these uh, ben, Bryce Benhart. He's changed his body a little bit. Uh, he, looks, he looks more athletic. He's he's maybe uh, gained a little bit of flexibility, gained a little bit of movement ability out on the edge at, at tackle. Is he? This is this is not a wait and see. This is a he started and he's probably going to start again. Is he going to turn the corner? Is he going to be a piece that you can count on on that offensive line this season? What do you what do you call the the whipping whipping uh... whipping boy? He was a little bit like that, wasn't he? Oh, he certainly was. Last year. Almost everybody I mean, on that line was. I, I mean, he was, in playing the position he was playing, I, I mean, there was a lot of memes in, in Twitter. It's easy to see on the edge. It's very easy to see when he when you're playing tackle. Very easy to see. And now you get this new staff, and they come out, and they say, he's an NFL player. People, people were baffled. <laughs> baffled. Yeah. Because that's not... A phrase you throw around lightly, because yeah. the only two other guys to be called NFL-type players were Jeff Sims, who is an absolute specimen, mm. and Quinn Newsom, yes. who's been playing cornerback for this team for what? Three seasons? Two seasons? Starting for... Starting? Two, I think two? he's your best returning player. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then Bryce Benhart, the guy who everyone was tweeting out videos about and saying how bad of a season he was having, which, you know... Some of it might have been warranted. I really think that a lot of it was a little bit exaggerated and too far, yeah. you know, because that entire offensive line got better. Yeah. I mean, you cannot deny the improvement they made from Northwestern all the way to Iowa. I mean, it was apparent, and him included. Um, but for him to be called an NFL-type player, an NFL-type prospect, and for all these coaches to say how much better he's getting and how much confidence they have in him, I think it's a big deal. And I absolutely agree with you. A guy that I really want to see play, I have two. I got two. Yeah. AJ Rollins mm -hmm. and Stefan Wynn. Yeah. Rollins went from tight end to D line. He's another one of those guys in the press conferences. They've had nothing but great things to say about him. Tony White keeps saying that he's a natural at the position, mm -hmm. that he or Rule said he was a natural. White said he keeps showing up around the ball. I don't think he'll be with the ones. I'm gonna guess he'll go he'll probably be with the twos. Yeah. Um Stefan Wynn had a pretty okay season last year. Yeah. You know, not not great. You know, definitely Feast was ahead of him in that pecking order in the interior of the defensive line. But he's a type of guy that, once again, a lot of people have been saying good things. And in all those videos, Heinrich Harburg has been a star. But Stefan Wynn has been in a lot of those videos, too, getting plenty of sacks and, and disrupting the middle of that offensive line. So that's something interesting. Another guy, really, too, Kai Whalen, uh, Juco yeah. transfer, uh, defensive end. I'm curious to see, is he playing with ones? Is he playing with the twos? How does he look? Because that edge position, after you lose O'Shawn Mathis, after you lose Garrett Nelson, that D-line in, in general 
has been really weakened by departures. And Waylon is a guy they brought in, Juco product, a ready product, you would hope. Curious to see how he plays and how he looks today. Yeah, I I am interested in seeing Thomas Fedoni. Oh, that's a good one. I want to see him in action. He's healthy enough to play. That's something we haven't seen lately uh, or at all at Nebraska. Uh, but very, very highly rated, very toolsy. Uh, he's he's got a lot of potential. Uh, and then the the other thing I want to see: give me the F word, fullback. I want to see Matt Rule put a fullback, I don't care who, in a forty-five jersey, <laughs> stick him in there on the two-yard line, and tell that D line get out of the way. We are having a number forty-five at fullback sure. for a touchdown. In the spring game. That's what I want to see. Real quick, back to your Fedoni thing. I'm more, you know, I'm interested in Fedoni. I'm interested in Eric Gilbert in Fedoni. And you you can make the same, oh, I want to see Eric Gilbert play, because that's another absolute freak. But I'm curious to see, do they play on the field at the same time? And when they do play on the field at the same time, how does that look? Yes. I think that'll be interesting. We got a lot more to get to uh, previewing spring game 2023. We're going to break down more of the defense next. And, uh... What would give you some warm fuzzies to see in this spring game? What would really, what really send you over the top with your Kool Aid drinking uh, as we head into the uh, the long summer off season part of the program? That's uh, coming up for Matt and I right after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Getting you ready for spring game 2023. That's our job today here on the KLI and Husker Hour with Matt McMaster. And by the way, KLI and Husker Hour, that can be brought to you by anybody. <laughs> if uh, I kind of bury, kind of bury the lead for the people on the Facebook Live. I don't think Kenny will show up. Kenny, can you show a picture of you right now on the Facebook Live? Look at that hat Kenny's wearing. Nice little Raising Cane's hat. You want to throw it back to me, Kenny? <laughs> nice little Raising Cane's hat. Look, we're Kenny and I, our heads... Are open for business, okay? I will sign a contract that if anyone sponsors this show, this will be the Canlion Husker Hour brought to you by whoever. If you got a hat and you send it to me and Kenny, we'll wear it every episode. Hey, we'll I be a to. walk. All right, fine. All yeah. three of us. We will be a walking, this. walking brand branding for whoever wants to sponsor the Canlion Husker Hour. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Cur- if- currently the number one uh, uh, podcast house. Uh, podcast i guess is that what we're rolling with or something like that but yeah 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 so i'll just just saying it yeah most downloads that's right put it out there this is the place to be uh and and also the place to be is is right now as a black shirt because they have they have a lot to to work on obviously to to figure out tony white's new 335 scheme but they have kind of a blank canvas like if you didn't have playing time you can make your mark with a new staff. If you didn't fit as well as you wanted to with that last scheme, maybe there's uh, a more specific role that you can play with this scheme. You you have you have some some I think pretty well entrenched players at certain positions that are not going anywhere. But there are some spots up for grabs. I really believe that. And one of the things that I'm most interested in seeing, and it, I don't think you're going to necessarily see it today. Uh, because of the way that the offensive line is going to play, uh, but but it really needs a, a prove it for me, not just in the spring game, but in the season. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Type of deal is a pass rush. You have some guys who are capable of doing it, but 
losing Oshawn Mathis, who I I mean he he just struggled to put up numbers, and and Garrett Nelson, who was a very productive player for his entire career. Uh, those two guys going, who's going to step in and be your go to? It's third down. You got to get after the the Minnesota or Iowa quarterback or Wisconsin quarterback or whoever it is. Uh, is it Blaze Gunnerson? Is it going to be Chief Borders or MJ Sherman? Jamari Butler, maybe, uh, having dipped his toe into the transfer portal and stepping back out and coming back to Nebraska. Is it maybe from the nickel position? Are you going to see Isaac Gifford or Javen Wright do it? Those types of players are who is going to have to make an impact in terms of pass rush for this team in 2023. And maybe you see some flashes from. You know, one of the newcomers like Kai Wallen you just mentioned, maybe it's Cam Lenhart or Prince Will, uh, the true freshman. Give me something. Show me a flash today that you have a couple of guys who you can count on in the in terms of the pass rush so that I can feel warm and fuzzy and, and kind of sleep soundly this year because I have been clamoring for a pass rush. The Eight years I've done this show since Randy Gregory left the program, and we are st- and Garrett Nelson I think is the closest we've come to that. But you only have one. You you can you can kind of cheat over to that side if you're an offense and and block against that guy. You got to have more than one guy who's capable of doing it consistently, and that's what I want to see. That's what I want to have uh, proven to me in in terms of of this game and the season coming. The thing about the three three five is that it's it enables flexibility. It enables matchups. You can run a lot of defenses or give a lot of looks out of the three-three-five, And I think that if you don't have one dominant pass rusher, who, who knows? As of right now, you don't. As of right now, Nebraska, it's just a fact. They don't have a dominant pass rusher like a Randy Gregory, like a Dadama Kinsu. I I would say, I wouldn't say Garrett Nelson was a dominant pass rusher, but I think he was as close as they've had for eight years. If for yeah, I mean he's pretty darn good. They don't have that right now. They could. You could see, like you said, you could see one of these guys emerge up and become that and perform like that this season. But as of right now, they don't. And so the scheme, and you kind of alluded to it, has to be important. They got it, that scheme and this play calling has to put themselves in situations where they can get pressure on the quarterback, whether that be with N.J. Sherman, whether that be with Gifford, Newsom, Farmer, Omar Brown, uh, Malcolm Hartzog, whoever, Reimer, Henrich, you know, John Bullock has been playing. I'm curious to see where John Bullock yeah. is because John Bullock, he's another star of this, you know, the walk-on from Creighton Prep, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Um, went from cornerback to linebacker, nothing but great things to say. Let's see where he plays today. You don't know. And, and they, they kind of do need another linebacker as well. You got Henrich and Reimer. You lose Hausman. That's another question mark, I think, is yeah. who's going to be right next to those two. Um, and then you got the jack position. In that three three five, who's the guy who's kind of just running around, causing a bunch of mayhem, doing you know uh, just everything? Who's going to be playing in that situation as well? I think the scheme is very interesting. I think it's tonight or today will be a great opportunity to see it for the first time, yeah. to see how it is in action. Yes, and that kind of dovetails into this question I have for you: If you can magically make one aspect of this team elite. For the 2023 season, whether it's a position group, uh, a certain spot on the on the the stat lines, like what what would be the one thing that you could make elite if you could? For me, it is the pass rush. 
Because if you can get after the quarterback early in the game, late in the game, early downs, anytime, that is a difference maker that this team hasn't had for almost a decade. What would it be for you? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. I'm on two. I have two. Okay. I have two. Give it to me. And I'm di- deciding between the wide receiver group. Just just the fact that just you can the make that position group elite. Elite. Okay. Give me one. Make Billy Kemp like a first round draft pick and make, you know, Xavier Betts like a fourth, you know, round kind of gunner or whatever. Okay. Make that elite. The second one I would say. They're the other one that I would be deciding between is the offensive line. Because you can yeah, argue yeah, that if the O-line was elite, if the O-line was elite, well then those running backs, who is by far your strongest and most deepest room, are going to have a lot better time getting, you know, running. You know, they're already already good runners with not an elite offensive line. Imagine what they can do with like a Michigan type of offensive line. Yeah. And then you got quarterbacks who, once again, not elite, pretty good. Imagine what they can do with all that time. Imagine what Casey Thompson could have done last year with an offensive line that gave him a lot of time in the pocket. It would have been a lot better because he was getting hammered, especially in that Rutgers game. That was ridiculous. But I would say offensive line. I would make the offensive line elite. I got a question for you. Yeah. We've had a lot of position changes. It's been a big big thing. Jake Applegate. Went to tight end. Brody Tagaloa went to D-line. A.J. Rollins went to edge. Jaleel Martin is playing both uh, wide receiver and cornerback. John Bullock, who we already talked about, went from cornerback to linebacker. Janir and Bonner went from wide receiver to kind of this hybrid X tight end type of deal. Who makes the biggest impact today? Javier Morton's playing a little bit both ways. He, he right? is, too. Yeah. Hmm. I think I'd have to go with... One of those guys on off, either either Bonner or, well, you know what? No, just give me Bonner. I look the tight ends. I'm really interested in what they do with these guys. Just this, in today's game, all season, there are there are a lot of like we talk about how deep the running backs are. That group, the tight end group is is sneaky deep as well. You've got Nate Borkercher with the most actual production for this team. Uh, obviously, Eric Gilbert coming from Georgia and LSU has more production overall, but in terms of doing it for Nebraska, Borkercher's it. Uh, Eric Gilbert and Thomas Fedoni are the brand names. Uh, A.J. Rollins is there now, or was there, excuse me, and now is not, but you move Applegate back in. Janir and Bonner, yeah, I, I, I like Bonner to to make an impact in terms of, of, of making noise here today in the spring game. Bonner, wow. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would have been a layup for you. Well, I thought you well, you just would have gone Rollins. Well, I look, I, I like, I'm excited for Rollins. Man. I like the pass rush possibilities, the potential is there, but I I think there's uh, a little bit in front of him that that they'll sure. have a few more. Absolutely, you know what? That's a good point. Also, too, I I just remembered something, and I just got like really happy about it. Yeah. I get to see Isaac Gifford play football today. Yes, That's so exciting. Yes, you know what That's I'm excited? So exciting. You know what I'm excited about? Uh, this is this is not a guy that changed positions, but this is another guy who changed his body. We we kind of talked about Bryce Benhart a little bit. Nash Hutmacher. Yeah, I, it's a good the, one. The the, the defense, they need him. They the, need him. The defense has, I think, a lot of a lot of comfortability in the secondary. Uh, at least I do, just from the fact that you've got guys who've got experience and, mm-hmm. and pretty good production uh, for the most part from last season, uh, and and young guys there too that that had an impact. And linebacker, I think when you get Reimer and Henrich both healthy, 
you're going to feel pretty good there, and, and you just need some contributions from Sherman's and, and, and Borders and, and your Jamari Butler's. The D-line is, is a little bit more of a mystery to me. Ty Robinson has has kind of been the de facto leader now. This will be his but he's been season. hurt, but he's been hurt, and he hasn't really had the the type of production that you would expect from a quote unquote leader on sure. that line. Stephon Wynn, you talked about him a little up and down. Uh, Nash Hutmacher's got a chance to take his his newfound uh, mobility flexibility. Like he's been basically just a big old rock in the middle. You can't move around. If he can start to get around guys. Be a factor in the pass rush. Be deadly. That could really help this team up front, and that can help that second level. That can help the secondary as well. Nash Hutmacher is is one that I'm watching really closely today as well. Who you who you keeping an eye on? Billy Kemp. Billy I'm re- Kemp, I'm really. Yeah. It's really all the transfers. It's really all the transfers. Okay. I want to see MJ Sherman play. I want to see Billy Kemp play. Yeah. I want to see. Eric Gilbert play. I want to see. Well, Ben Scott probably won't play today. Jeff Sims. I mean, we're going to see him play, but you know, clearly, um, Borders. I want to see play. And the reason is, is because transfers, for the most part, are pure hype. Yeah, pure hype. And, and you saw their production. Some of these guys you saw. You saw Billy Kemp's production at Virginia. You saw Jeff Sims' production at. Uh, Georgia Tech, and you're able to make a decent guess of how they will produce at Nebraska based on they, you know, their previous play at their other schools. You got other guys though who haven't. Chief Borders didn't really play at Florida. Yeah. MJ Sherman didn't really play at Georgia. Had special teams. Eric Gilbert didn't really play at Georgia. Uh, Josh Josh Fleeks, he he's played a decent amount. You know what you're getting. Corey Collier didn't really play at Florida. Today will be an opportunity to see what those guys who didn't really play, who were highly touted prospects like a Borders, like a Sherman, like a Gilbert, how do they look in full football action? And also with the guys who you already know how they'll play a little bit with Sims and Kemp, it's how do they fit in to this offense? How do they fit in to Nebraska? How do they look in that uniform? How do they play in that uniform? I think that that those are very interesting things to watch. And I think, and you don't see it a lot in spring games, but I think questions will be answered today. I think some questions will be answered. I think that today you can accurately walk away, somewhat accurately walk away with what some problems may be and what some strengths may be. Now, if the game is is super competitive and everyone looks good, I'm encouraging you not to go and say, "Oh, they're going to be eight and four or anything like that." That would be a little, you know, let's not make record predictions, but you can evaluate. You can make some decent evaluations today based on how they're going to play. Also, we're going to be surprised on special teams today. There's going to be a little wrinkle, you know. Rule mentioned it. I know what it is. I don't want. I'm not gonna. Oh. I'm not gonna bury. I'm not gonna no s- spoil deal. the surprise. I was. At, I was told about, de- you know, decent time ago before there was a little bit of a hint on Thursday. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I'll put it that way. It's gonna be a fun time. It'll be a story. It definitely will be a story. Okay. Okay. So special wow. things. Special things on special teams. Special things on special teams. Okay. Yeah, I, one more thing that I want to see today. Just plays. Give big plays. Big plays. 
Playmakers are needed. They've had a help wanted sign for playmakers on both sides of the ball. I, look, there's going to be a narrative of like, if the defense makes a big play, they're going to blame the Ooh. offense. Hey, breaking news real quick. Four-star linebacker, um, Willis the fourth just committed to Nebraska. Hey, hey! How about that? That's a big get. Right there. That's a massive get. Before the Red McGahee, White Spring Game. Before the Spring Game. I'm pretty sure. Is he making a visit? Yeah, he's gonna be. He was gonna be he's here in be person here. already. All so he's probably met with the coaches or whatever this morning and just wanted to tell him in person. Big commitment. That's big right there. Another Are you four familiar star. With his father's play, I'm very familiar okay. with his father's All play. Right. Hey, uh, that's cool. Uh, KLIN Husker Hour live commit right here this morning before spring game 2023. You aren't getting that anywhere else, folks. No. All right, no, you're not. We're back to wrap this thing up next year on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, breaking news, if uh, if you're just tuning in, Willis McGahee, the fourth, has committed to the University of Nebraska. Four-star or three-star, depending on where you look. 6'1", 6'2", 225, outside linebacker. Miami, Florida, baby. Class of 24. That's a big get. Huskers went down into Florida and swooped him up. How about that? How how about it? I mean, that's big. That's big. And look, that's they're going everywhere, man. They're going everywhere. Brandon Baker going to come here today. That's kind of the big visit for the spring game. Yep. Um, the offensive lineman from California. This Look. We talked about it a little bit. When you bring in these big prospects, you bring in these big recruits, and you show them around the, the Go Big Red project, and you show them around the facility, and you and you paint them what the future of this program is going to look like, people are going to talk, and it's going to go around. And the fact that Willis McGahee is from Florida, and he's a high-level prospect. People know that name. People know that name. Yeah. And prospects know that name. They're going to be like, McGahee committed to Nebraska? What's right. what's Nebraska got going on? This is big. Yeah. This is big. Hey, Husker baseball will be over on the bone today. They're taking on Iowa. Jace Kaminska back on the mound. He took last week off against Northwestern. He and Will Walsh have a big job to do. They're going to try to win that series against the Hawkeyes to stay uh, in first or second place in the Big Ten. They're second right now to Indiana. Uh, of course, spring game 2023 is coming up. It is a 1 o'clock kickoff right here on KLIN. Uh, pregame starts at 11. So uh, keep it tuned right here. Keep it here all day. And uh, enjoy the game. And, hey, come uh, come give us a hat. Have a sponsor the show. Yeah, why yeah. not? Why not? Your logo here. All Absolutely. Right. For Matt McMaster, for Kenny Larrabee, I'm Cole Stukenholz. Go Big Red.